Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. Each episode will focus on some pieces of music from the video game corpus and talk about one musical concept found in those pieces. In our first season, we're diving deep into the score of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. Alright people, it's time we start getting serious at this here gaming music podcast and talk about Mr. Video Game himself, Mario. The mainline Super Mario Bros. series is the best selling in video game history. As of September 2015, a total of 310 million copies of Super Mario Bros. games have been sold. So that figure doesn't even include Super Mario Odyssey or anything beyond that. The first game in the series is, of course, Super Mario Bros. for the NES coming out all the way back in 1985. Since then, every major Nintendo console has featured a new large-scale adventure featuring the mustachioed plumber. Today, we'll be taking a closer look at the first Mario release for the Nintendo Wii and the third 3D Mario platformer, after Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine. The title theme from the game in question has been in the Smash series since Smash for Wii U and is taken from the original game. This is the title theme for Super Mario Galaxy composed by Mahito Yokota. I'm ready to go on a space adventure! Each new iteration in the Mario series is a massive undertaking from the developers, and Super Mario Galaxy is no exception. The director, Yoshiaki Koizumi, actually had the idea for a Mario game with spherical surfaces all the way back when the first GameCube tech demo premiered at Nintendo's Space World event in 2000. The demo is called Mario 128, and featured 128 Marios. Clever. They moved around the screen, picking up and throwing blocks, and the physics engine was showcased as the platform they stood on was manipulated, sending the Marios flying. The concept of a bunch of little Marios performing tasks like this was later reworked into the first Pikmin game. The developers wanted to make the platform in the demo a sphere with its own center of gravity, but they ran out of time to do so. So the idea marinated for several years, until they began production in 2004, taking the sphere idea and setting the game in outer space. 
From a technical standpoint, the big new gameplay iteration was the independent gravity of various oddly shaped planets, and how Mario and other items interacted with them. Musically, Super Mario Galaxy stands out because it's the first mainline Mario game to use a live orchestra in its soundtrack. There are many pros to using digital instruments or MIDI to create music. It can be easily manipulated and, compared to hiring a 50-person orchestra, is very cheap. But the quality of live musicians was needed for a game like this. Composer Mahito Yokota had to spend a lot of time convincing Shigeru Miyamoto that it was worth the investment, and eventually, of course, this happened. Now, Yokota was a new composer to the Mario franchise and was working under the direction of 22-year Mario music veteran Koji Kondo. In trying to find the essence of Mario sound, Yokota closely studied the music of the series and decided it should be cutesy, Latin-sounding music with steel drums, bongos, congas, and so on. His original concept was, quote, pop with a taste of the tropics that had a space-age feel to it. Now just think for a second about how that would sound. When Yokota presented some concepts of the music for the game to Kondo, he got a short response. This is no good. Talk about pressure! Kondo also told him these words. If somewhere in your mind you have an image that Mario is cute, please get rid of it. Mario is cool. After a period where Yokota contemplated quitting his job, he presented Shigeru Miyamoto with three songs an orchestral sounding piece, a pop sounding piece, and a fusion of the two. Miyamoto picked the orchestral piece, saying it sounded the most space-like. This piece was actually written by Kondo, and we know it as Egg Planet. This is that song, which also appears in Smash Bros. Ultimate. grounded in the direction of the soundtrack, and being more comfortable with orchestral composition in the first place, Yokota was renewed with passion and quickly composed the remainder of the soundtrack. Of the 28 pieces, Koji Kondo composed four of them, while Yokota composed the rest. As you listen to the soundtrack of Mario Galaxy, you can definitely feel that this direction was the right choice. Listeners are reminded of the sound of grand adventure films, particularly in the realm of the classic space opera Star Wars. Listening to the first few notes of the theme in particular really gives us a sense of exploration and wonder. There is a reason for this. Today we explore... Lydian Mode! The Lydian Mode is an extremely common one in orchestral film composition, where it is often used for high drama, a floaty feeling, or for a sense of wonder. 
Podcaster-composer Rick Beato calls it the magical mode of film scoring for how much it's used or overused in film. Before we talk about the Lydian mode in particular, let's talk about the seven modern Western modes in general, of which Lydian is one. We briefly talked about the Dorian mode in our first episode on borrowed chords. These modes are derived from modes used in Gregorian chant, but are treated differently in modern music theory. Let's take C major for example, which uses only the white keys on a piano, in other words no sharps or flats. The notes are C, D, E, F, G, A, B, and C again. If you're familiar with how a piano looks, you'll notice there are no black keys between E and F, or between B and C. These jumps, or intervals, are called half steps, while the others are called whole steps. If we start our scale on D instead of C, we have a pattern of intervals very similar to the natural minor scale, except the sixth note is raised. This is the Dorian mode, and that raised sixth note is what made Vampire Killer so awesome. A scale starting on E of the C major scale is Phrygian, starting on F would be Lydian, on G is Mixolydian, on A is Aeolian, which is the same as the natural minor scale, and on B is Locrian. Focusing on our Lydian mode, it resembles the major scale except that the fourth note is raised by a half step. Now that you know this, you can build a Lydian scale starting on any note by using the major scale and raising the fourth scale degree. Okay, all that theory aside, we're looking at the Lydian mode exclusively today. Since we talked about how much the scale is used in film, let's start with some examples there. A good place to start is with John Williams' theme for Yoda, which appears in Star Wars Episode V, The Empire Strikes Back. Yoda's character is full of mystery and wonder. He represents the old order of space wizards known as Jedi, who hold the secret to the power that the protagonist Luke could potentially harness. Here is that theme. That Lydian note comes in at the end of the first phrase of the melody. It's this note that captures that mysterious sense, and it pops out all the more since we have a pedal tone on the root note of the key throughout. This is a common practice when using modes. Even when changing to a new chord, we keep the original bass note to keep us grounded. Here's what that theme would sound like if it stuck to notes in the regular old major scale. Pretty unmysterious, if you ask me. Here's another more adventurous example of the Lydian mode in film music, the Back to the Future theme composed by Alan Silvestri. 
In this music, Marty McFly inadvertently has an adventure in a sci-fi DeLorean time machine built by eccentric inventor Doc Brown. This use of the Lydian mode gives us the sense that we are part of something big, that we're not sure how it will resolve, but we're optimistic in the midst of it. Once again, here is that theme played in a regular major scale. Ew. Ew. I think part of why this doesn't sound right is that in a regular major scale, we've for so long been conditioned that the fourth scale degree wants to resolve to the third. This is so ingrained in us that its gravitational pull disorients us if we fly away to another note instead. Alright, let's cleanse our musical palette by listening to the real version again. Ah, that's better. Okay, back to Super Mario Galaxy. We hear the Lydian mode almost as soon as the theme plays. Now that your ears have some experience picking out that Lydian raised fourth scale degree, have a listen to the first six note motif of the theme and see if you can find it. Listen again and pay special attention to the fourth note of the melody. This is a strong melody and there's a few reasons for that. First, we have two huge leaps right off the hop which serves to both ground us in our key of E-flat and musically signifies that what we are about to take part in is something huge and grandiose. Da, da, da. Next, we spiral around the major third of our key until we land on it. Da, da, da. The strong major chord emboldens the listener that this will be a fun adventure and gives us hope. And at the same time, that raised fourth gives us that ungrounded, gravitationless sense of moving untethered through the melody, and yet finally landing and resolving on our familiar major chord nonetheless. One last time, let's hear that melody again, but with the major scale instead of the Lydian mode. This is so much more predictable and vanilla, and feels much less grandiose just from one little note change. It's a good thing Mr. Yakata decided on the notes that he did. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any comments or suggestions for a piece of music or a musical concept, you can contact me at overtonewarpzone at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media everywhere at OTWZ Podcast. Until next time, keep playing.
Here's a bonus snippet from the future, added to the episode on August 23rd, 2021. When I published this episode, I had meant to add another piece of music to the end of it as another example of how the Lydian mode is used for cinematic adventure. It's almost the perfect example in my mind, actually. The character whose theme it is, coincidentally, has his first appearance in Super Mario Galaxy and would go on to star in his very own game. I'm speaking of none other than Captain Toad, the Treasure Tracker. This character projects himself as being an accomplished and brave explorer when in fact he has few abilities and often lands himself in dangerous situations. But that's precisely what makes playing his games challenging, as these limitations breed immense creativity in the puzzles the developers crafted for him. Despite the heroic sounding melody and driving rhythm, the song maintains a childlike quality based on the plucky instrumentation. In fact, this song shares something with the theme for another famed adventurer, Indiana Jones. In John Williams' tune, the melody declares itself over a pedal root note. The same thing can be said for our mushroomy hero. In Smash Bros. Ultimate, we get the tune Plucky Pass Beginnings from Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. This piece is a rearrangement of Captain Toad's original tune, Captain Toad Goes Forth, from Super Mario 3D World. This piece was also composed by none other than Mahito Yakota. For the sake of showing you what the Lydian mode does to make this theme sound so adventurous, here's what it would sound like in a major scale. And here it is again in the Lydian mode. Let's listen to the whole thing. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> 